with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialectic, do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. Real talk. And here we go. Here we go on this Monday evening in the city. It is the 12th day of February 2023 and for 2024, excuse me. Uh, And for those of you who are keeping track, uh, two days before uh, Valentine's Day. But uh, we are here uh, on this uh, raw, chilly Monday. It started out about 50 degrees early this morning, Uh, cloudy, cool, and then the rain moved in. Uh, and now, uh, you know, we have more rain uh, and uh, the temperature has dropped dramatically uh, from about 50 this morning. And it's in the 30s uh, now. It was about 37, 36, 37 when I got out of the car. So it is cold out there. And yes, it is still a bit of rain mixed in with uh, a little sleet. And uh, there's some snow, uh, as a matter of fact, some snowflakes that are falling uh, where we are down here at the uh, Crosstown Concord, uh, Crosstown, uh, yeah, Concourse down here. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's just Mother Nature, baby. Mother Nature, that's all I can say. But anyway, uh, we are here. We're glad to have you uh, with us uh, this evening uh, for uh, this edition of Real Talk Memphis. Uh, always uh, happy to uh, be back in the air chair after. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you had a good week uh, and a good weekend as we are, you know, uh, starting out uh, in a fine fashion we have a good show for you tonight we hope that you uh will stick around <clears throat> why be out in this mess it's messy outside right now it's messy it's wet it's rainy it's a little snowy and all that kind of stuff so you should stay home you should find your uh your your, your the, wherever it is you find us and speaking of that uh, how do you find us well we're alive right now on 91.7 wyxr uh, on the fm side we are also uh, on uh, the uh, WYXR app. You can catch us uh, as well on the TuneIn app. Uh, and uh, a little later on uh, this week when the show is posted, we will be on YouTube. And as we're a podcast, uh, uh, once the show is posted, you can catch us wherever you find your favorite podcast. And we hope that you make us one of your favorite podcasts. Okay? Very, very good. So, um as I said, we have a good show for you tonight. Um, some of the guests include uh, County Commissioner Erica Sugarman is joining uh, us tonight. Uh, and uh, there's a lot going on with the County Commission, uh, as there is generally speaking. 
Uh, and uh, she, in particular, I wanted to talk to because she sponsored uh, the the bill, the uh, legislation that was passed by the county commission uh, to create a civilian oversight committee for the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. And if you've been keeping up with things, uh, the sheriff's office has had more of their share, more than their share of uh, some struggles this year, especially as pertains to the jail. So we'll talk to her about that and other county commission business a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, two young ladies uh, who are absolutely, uh, I would consider, as this is Black History Month, uh, they are uh, Black History Trailblazers. Uh, they uh, own uh, Afterlife Mortuary Services. I'm speaking of Madeline Lyles uh, and Dana Taylor. Uh, Afterlife Mortuary Services is uh, uh, the only uh, full, full, uh, full-time or uh, full service is what I was trying to say. Full service uh, mortuary, uh, not only in the city of Memphis, but in the state of Tennessee. Uh, these two black women are very enterprising, uh, and I look forward to chatting with them uh, about uh, you know why this business and how things have been going and how it does feel to be the first uh, in terms of all of this. Uh, and a little bit later on, uh, Trey Moore will be joining uh, us. Trey is uh, a young man who is very enterprising. And, and, and you ever meet somebody that when you meet them the first time, just by the energy that they exude, uh, you feel like uh, they're going to be a success? Well, Trey, he's in his 20s, and, uh, you know, he is a man uh, who uh, is um, making his own way. He's going to have a big uh, conference uh, in a couple of days that he is hosting uh, on finances. Uh, and, um, that should be very interesting. He's going to talk to us a little bit about that because he feels like, you know, the city of Memphis is challenged enough, and a lot of people don't know a lot about uh, finances. He's going to have a big guest list of people in the whole nine yards. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, we're going to start the show off, as we always do, celebrating you. If it's your birthday, if you had a birthday over the weekend, or you have one today, or you have one this week, uh, this is the part of the program uh, where we uh, dedicate it to you, we shout you out, uh, and uh, we let everybody know that in case they didn't know, now they know it's your birthday celebration. But I can't do that without saying, hit it, Brent. Happy, Happy birthday. Happy birthday is going out to the following folks. Eddie Gross celebrating a birthday today, as is Devin Lott. Uh, Anitha Perkins celebrating her birthday today. A happy birthday to Monique Cherry. To Paula Ratchford celebrating today. Mike Rains is celebrating his birthday today. And last but not least, my son, David Randall, is celebrating his birthday today as well. Man, time has really flown by. Uh, but anyway, uh, best wishes to you, uh, David Randall, and uh, to everyone out there celebrating a birthday. We are glad to be a part of it this year, and we hope the Lord keeps us around so we can celebrate your next trip around the sun next year. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, we're having some problems with our Zoom uh, situation. I don't know exactly how we need to move forward here with the show, uh, but... Uh, we can't uh, we can't uh, see our guest. Maybe it's a I don't know what we need to do, call them or we we you know we we, we got to call out to our to our leaders out there. So Robbie or JB or Shelby, 
If any of you are listening to the broadcast, uh, we need help with the Zoom. We need a passcode if there's a passcode available. So uh, if you guys could help us out, man, we would really appreciate that. But in the meantime, uh, news and notes uh, on this Monday. Of course, uh, yesterday uh, was the city. Uh, we were in a city filled with tension. Of course, there was another citywide manhunt that happened yesterday. Started yesterday morning for a man who began the day carjacking a woman in a church parking lot. Uh, he left there uh, after uh, threatening to kill her. She didn't give him his car. Uh, moving to a, a package store on East Shelby Drive where uh, he pulled out a rifle and uh, killed an 18-year-old man there. Uh, he then got back in his vehicle uh, and went over to Commerce Circle where he shot at and uh, struck at least two females. Well, he was arrested yesterday afternoon just before 4 o'clock. Uh, Cordarian Craft is his name. He is all of 20 years of age. And uh, ironically, and this is this is where this thing becomes real frustrating. He was out on a $100,000 bond uh, after a previous attempted murder charge uh, and various other uh, murder, murder situations. Uh, his uh, bond was revoked. Uh, and, uh, well, <clears throat> it makes you wonder, right? He was out on bond. Uh, Shelby, yeah. Um, he was out on bond. Uh, well, today's bond was revoked, obviously. He's in the Shelby County Jail. Uh, so, you know, once again, you know, the frustration with the court system and with with uh, everything else that, that that is going on, you know, with the bail and the, and the backlog in the courts and and uh, the bond and the whole nine yards. We are just uh, so frustrated with everything that is going on out here uh, in terms of this. But, uh, of course, this situation, had he been kept in jail, uh, would not have happened uh, on yesterday. Uh, let's see here. Uh, something else happened uh, that was uh, rather uh, troubling uh, in uh, Houston. There was a uh, shooting uh, at uh, the church that uh, uh, the Lakewood Church uh, out in uh, in Houston, Texas, yesterday. Joel Osteen, you know the one he pastors, the, one of the largest churches in the city. Uh, Joel uh, Osteen was between services yesterday. A woman walked in with a jacket on, concealed with an AR-15 rifle. She walked in the lobby and just started firing. Uh, fortunately, there were two off-duty police officers there who subdued the suspect, who was a woman, uh, and neutralized her. She also had a seven-year-old son with her uh, who was caught in the crossfire. Uh, he is in the hospital now in critical condition. His mother is dead. Uh, we don't know exactly what the reasons are. Of course, uh, the uh, law enforcement folks are are investigating this. Uh, she did have uh, Palestine written on her rifle. Uh, and, uh, of course, the motive uh, for this uh, is unclear. So uh, enough of that. Uh, one final thing. Uh, I, I watched the Super Bowl, as I'm sure many of you all did. Uh, I was pulling for the 49ers. But uh, the 49ers didn't win, so I have to say congratulations to Kansas City Chiefs for their uh, second uh, Super Bowl victory in a row. Good job, boys. Now, I don't want to hear about Kansas City anymore until uh, <laughs> until until next time we have uh, this, this football uh, 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 situation happening here. Uh, I want to ask a question. Lola, did you happen to – I know you're busy all the time, but did you happen to watch the game yesterday? 
Did you see the halftime show? Usher, I need you to come to the microphone. You just got off the air, but you can come back to the microphone. So I want to know, because people were asking this question. First of all, what did you think of, uh, of Usher's halftime show? I thought it was pretty good. He got all the hits that we love and know. Yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of songs there, right? A lot of songs. Okay. He, he chopped them up a bit, so we were singing a little uh, wrongly, <laughs> but yeah. So let me ask you this, because you know a lot of folks who don't have a lot of uh, uh, things to do and have a lot of time on their hands uh, posted about uh, his appearance with uh, uh, Alicia Keys. And the song that they said, now Lola's giving me this look right now. So I want to know, because I could care less, honestly, but people were wondering if he was in any way inappropriate uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, putting his arms around, all that kind of stuff. First of all, before you say anything, I think no. I think it was part of the performance. But, you know, you're out there. You know, you're the DJ. You know, you all out. And you know, you know music better than I. So what did you take? Did you, were you offended in any way? No, I don't know anyone who was offended other than being offended by the fact that they hired Alicia Keys. Well, there was a lot of folks on Facebook that, that were offended because of how he, wait a minute, what did you just, hold on, I just, wait a minute, that one almost slid right past me. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to ask you to explain. You don't, you're not a big Alicia Keys fan, are you? I mean, she started off fantastically, and we really enjoyed her, but yes. uh, yeah, they could have cut her out. I think it, it would have been fine okay. without her. We didn't have to hear my boo, or not her verse on my boo anyway. Shelby standing here just falling out <laughs> laughing over that one. Okay, well, Lola, well, thank you for your unvarnished and honest Anytime. opinion. Yeah, Anytime. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're gonna, <laughs> with that, we're going to go to our first break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to uh, greet our first guest, uh, County Commissioner Erica Sugarman. Oh boy, we're off to a roaring start here on this edition of, of, uh, of Real Talk Memphis for a Monday evening. I'm Chip. We'll take a quick break and we will be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in to WYXR 91.7 FM. Chris Rowling here, host of Dipping Your Hip on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. As a listener-supported station, WYXR thrives on your support, not just as listeners, but as active contributors. So, I'm asking you to become a sustaining member today. Head on over to WYXR.org forward slash donate and hit that donate button to keep your favorite WYXR DJs and hosts on the airwaves. Plus, our monthly donors get their own WYXR merch, and a ton of other perks. Our way of saying thanks. Visit wyxr.org forward slash donate today, become a monthly donor, and let's help keep the station with the city soul going strong. 
Buster's Liquors and Butcher is proud to support WYXR, featuring the three-chord backstage series whiskey, custom blends created in collaboration with each artist, featuring Lucero, Dinosaur Jr., the Cadillac 3, and more. More information at bustersliquors.com. Programming on WYXR is brought to you by a grant from Arts Memphis, who has been working behind the scenes for 60 years to grow the foundation of Memphis Arts. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. Very happy to be with you on this Monday evening and uh, very happy you uh, have you uh, have you all uh, out there w- with us uh, this uh, night. You know what? When I came in, there was some snow flurries out there. So, yeah, I guess uh, the prediction of that is, is, is true. I am really happy to have our next guest back. She's been a very busy person. She generally is a very busy person. Uh, she is a member of the county commission. Uh, and uh, she is County Commissioner Erica Sugarman. And Erica, it is great to see you, my friend. Happy New Year, even though we're in February. Good to see you. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much. And I am very busy. I'm in D.C. actually. Oh goodness! Uh, wow, you wow, you really are busy. Well, listen. Well, thank you even more for coming on the show tonight uh, and uh, talking to us for a few minutes. So, the county commission uh, has been uh, generally a very busy body uh, since uh, this year has started. You all have uh, have uh, you know dealt with a lot of uh, issues in particular, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But but one of the things I wanted to reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because uh, with all of the issues uh, pertaining to law enforcement. Uh, you know, in the city and the county, uh, there's also conversation about regulations uh, that, that that should be followed and, 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 and maybe more oversight involved in it. You sponsored uh, some legislation that was passed by your fellow commissioners uh, to yes. create a civilian review board for the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. Now, first of all, tell me why you did that and why that was so important. Well, um the idea was prompted by what happened to Harry Nichols. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface by this. Uh-huh. Most law enforcement officers are, you know, they're doing, they're fighting a good fight and they're doing their job. And, you know, there are a few bad apples that give everybody a bad name. And so with the um, Law Enforcement Review Board, those few apples are basically looked at and they are um, go through a process. Uh, they might need counseling. They may need some type of um, uh, training. And so I'm not saying that, I just want to put that out there because I have a community and most black communities, especially, you know, I hear this all the time. They're afraid of the criminals, but they're also afraid of, of the law enforcement. Okay, I lost your audio. I don't know what happened. Your audio, Your audio disappeared on me. For a second, can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. I, we lost you. We lost your. Say, okay, say something. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. And can you hear me? I got you now. I got you back. Go ahead. Okay. It's very unstable. Okay. But I'm just saying that we're trying to bring a bridge between law enforcement and the people they're supposed to serve together. And so it's not just law enforcement, jailers as well. And as you probably heard, there have been some cases oh, yeah. where individuals were killed uh, while they're in our custody. Yeah. Uh, most recently on January 10th, we had an individual who was covered in all kinds of bug bites. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they're under our care. And so the jailers or whomever need to be held um, uh, accountable. And so this is what it does. But having said that, I want to thank my fellow commissioners because it took nine votes, nine votes and four times to come up before there was a, um, it passed. So let me ask you. So let me ask you this question in reference to what you just said. Uh, there was there, there there was some opposition uh, to to this, but in your in your estimation, having uh, had uh, extensive discussions with all of your fellow commissioners, why was uh, the ones who did oppose it? What what were the reasons as to why they opposed this oversight over the sheriff's office? It was based on party law. So oh, you wow. know, oh, wow. yeah. Yep, that says a lot right there. Okay, well, that's 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 <laughs> that's pretty interesting. And and something else you said that was interesting. I mean, we're in we're in a very a precarious time in our city. I mean, obviously, crime is still you know uh, rampaging and, and a bit out of control here. And there is a very big gap uh, between the confidence of the citizens at least from my perspective, uh, and law enforcement. And there's a trust issue there as well. I think you alluded to it earlier. I mean, there's a big gap there. There's a big confidence gap. People uh, aren't, aren't, uh, aren't uh, you know, uh, satisfied with uh, uh, the way law enforcement is handling things, either on the city or the county side. Uh, and, and there is a fear how do we get mm -hmm. how do we get past this? I mean, you know, you deal with uh, thousands of constituents that you cover, mm -hmm. you know, in your district. Uh, but, you know, in terms of conversations and things like that, I mean, how do you how do we get past this? How do we start to bridge the gap, so to speak, uh, between law enforcement and the community? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, because do you remember we used to have um a law enforcement come to the classroom, officer-friendly programs and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, but now even the children, my students, I teach at White Station High School, my students are afraid of law enforcement. So we've got to rebuild it. It's going to take uh, the whole community. And okay, your your system froze on me here. She's in she's in DC, ladies and gentlemen. So there's probably some Wi-Fi uh, issues of concern going on there. Uh, Erica, can you go ahead? I'm sorry. Go ahead. You froze your, your your screen froze for a minute, but go ahead. Okay. Keep talking. So it's I mean just passing. You know, Clark is huge. We've never had a clerk before, and so that's a first step. And also, it has subpoena power. You know, and so commissioners, if there's an issue where uh, somebody does not want to appear. Before the clerk, we have the power to issue a subpoena. And so that's really huge. But having said that, it's going to what? The root cause is poverty. And so we've got to address the root The root cause, uh, which you said is poverty. Uh, and, and again, her, 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 her picture froze again. Uh, I, I did want to ask uh, a question in reference to 
what happened yesterday. I don't know if you can still hear me or not, but uh, yeah. what happened yesterday in our city? Uh, once again, once again, shut down, uh, you know, uh, APB out for a man who, who, who was in jail, was arrested for a prior charge, a serious charge, by the way, uh, of attempted murder, bonded out, $100,000 bond to come right back out on the streets and commit the kind of havoc that he, uh, that he committed yesterday. What can we do about this? How can we fix this? Does the county commission have any, any sway in trying to, to change the bond system or the backed up courts? Or, because folks are really, really frustrated. And, and again, once again, it is not a point to be overstated. People are scared. Yeah. People are scared. People are scared. You know, and so again, my heart goes out to you know everyone. But let me just put, um, and this is something I don't know if I should say. It may scare people even more. But we do not have a crime map. Davidson County has two. They have a state and a local crime lab. And so you have police officers and sheriff's departments and DA having to decide which evidence they're going to take physically. Yeah. Well, we're having we're having some technical issues. So, ladies, if you're hearing glitches in this or pauses in this, it's because Erica uh, is, uh, you know, in Washington D.C. and her system uh, seems to be a bit fussy tonight. But anyway, you were talking about the maps, Erica. It's, uh, you were talking about Davidson County has two, and go on from there. Right, and so we don't have a crime lab. So law enforcement, um, DA, and other agencies. Have to determine what crime, what um, evidence will they'll take to um, Jackson, and so that becomes an issue because they're saying that if it's a homicide or something like that, then yes, they'll they have that they'll take that to Jackson. They physically, yeah. Okay, uh, well, that's a very interesting uh, scenario uh, in, in, a, in and of itself. But uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe what you did to create this oversight committee to help to uh, launch this oversight committee will, uh, you know, at least pe- make hold people accountable. Because that's what it's all about, really. I mean, for me, uh, looking at something like this, it's to hold folks accountable. Am I correct in that? Yes, but you have to have the evidence. Okay. And so if you don't have a crime lab to process the evidence because they have determined which evidence is sent to Jackson because it takes manpower to drive it. And then the TBI may decide, well, this is not a priority for us. Mm. That's huge. Mm. That so is. it's bigger than what we think. Yeah. And it's scary what we think. Because you can't just throw somebody in jail because of circumstantial thing. You have to have evidence. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And so what they're doing is they're not taking the things they need to take because they don't have the resources. And then when you take somebody to to court, if they don't have the evidence, they're going to walk. Yeah, yeah. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah, very complicated. And so we're pushing for a crime lab. Yeah. We have a crime lab. Uh, Do you think there's a possibility of that one day happening here? Well, I mean, the DA is talking about it. we tried to get the TBI crime lab that was here, but the state said that no, we're gonna sell it to somebody else. Wow, wow. Yeah, well, it takes resources. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does. Listen, we're glad to have you as an advocate uh, for the people and for the community. And uh, I'm sorry we had some technical issues there during your interview, but uh, I got most of it, and I'm sure our listeners did as well. But thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Thank you. On I'm the show. sorry, I'm in DC. I've got this 
Um, this is why I find things that work too well. No worries whatsoever. You be safe up there in D.C., and we look forward to having you back on the show soon. You take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Erica Sugarman, uh, County Commissioner, uh, talking about uh, some of the more important issues that we're dealing with here in uh, Memphis and Shelby County. We're gl- very glad to have her uh, with us uh, this evening. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation on this uh, chilly, raw Monday evening in the city. We're going to talk to two young uh, African-American women who are absolutely trailblazers in their particular fields. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. A quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in to WYXR. Your love for diverse music and community stories keeps us thriving. Want to be an even bigger part of the station with the city's soul? Become a sustaining member today. Monthly donations make a lasting impact. So head over to WYXR.org donate and join us in celebrating the soul of Memphis together. Yo, yo, it's Chemist here, host of Computer Noise Radio, and I'm here today to ask you to consider donating to WYXR. When you donate to WYXR, you're no longer merely a listener. You're a vital part of our WYXR community. Becoming a member is incredibly valuable for community radio, allowing us to budget, plan, and increase the ways we serve Memphis. Join us in shaping the future of local radio now at wyxr.org donate. Thanks for tuning in to WYXR 91.7 FM. Chris Rowling here, host of Dipping Your Hip on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. As a listener-supported station, WYXR thrives on your support, not just as listeners, but as active contributors. So, I'm asking you to become a sustaining member today. Head on over to WYXR.org forward slash donate and hit that donate button to keep your favorite WYXR DJs and hosts on the airwaves. Plus, our monthly donors get their own WYXR merch, and a ton of other perks. Our way of saying thanks. Visit wyxr.org forward slash donate today, become a monthly donor, and let's help keep the station with the city soul going strong. Located on the second floor of the Crosstown Concourse, the Memphis Listening Lab is a curated collection of music and music history that is open to the public six days a week. Vinyl Happy Hour happens every Friday between 3 and 5 p.m., where guest DJs from around the community will spend some of their favorite records. More information and a complete listing of upcoming events at memphislisteninglab.org. Hey, I'm Will from Crosstown Brewing Company. We support WYXR 91.7 FM. A favorite beer is just like a favorite song. We feel something new every time we encounter them. Cheers to playing the hits and tasting the notes.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening in the city. Very happy to have you with us. I'm Chip Washington, uh, your humble host. And uh, my next guest uh, is uh, someone, or actually uh, uh, there's two of them, uh, but and they are, you know, in honor of Black History Month, uh, these two are making black history. Uh, and they're trailblazers in the particular uh, business that they chose uh, to open and be in. Uh, I'm really happy to have... Uh, have them with us, uh, Madeline Lyles and Dana Taylor. Now, Dana, I hadn't joined us yet, but Madeline is here. And Madeline, uh, it's great to see you. Uh, and thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us on. And it's great to see you, too. <laughs> so so listen, uh, you know, you two are, are trailblazers. You are the, uh, the uh, only uh, black females, uh, African-American females, not only in the city of Memphis, but in the state of Tennessee, uh, who operate a, a full service uh, a mortuary? Am I correct in that? Well, yeah, we're the first to establish, own, and operate a funeral home in the state of Tennessee in the city of Memphis. And and that and that's still and, and you've been you've been in business since when? We just celebrated five years on October eighth. And so it, we started October eighth of twenty eighteen. Wow, and and uh, and what you just said uh, in terms of the business uh, it, that still stands today. You are still the only. Uh, one in the city uh, and or the state of Ten- and, and the state of Tennessee, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's correct. Yep. That's a pretty big deal, uh, Madeline. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna age I'm gonna age myself a little bit. I've known you since uh, you know you were I don't know, you in junior high school I think when I first met you, yeah. but uh, very enterprising. And I and I, I have to ask this because you know it is uh, it is a very specialized uh, field. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but but how did you decide, or at what point did you decide in your life that this was the particular area that you wanted to go into as a business? Well, I was thirteen uh, when I decided it was what I wanted to do, and I kind of just got up for school one day. I was uh, going to Core Middle School, and uh, previously I had it in mind to kind of be like a veterinarian or a radio personality, but that was just to meet the celebrities that I was in love with at the time. <laughs> so I got up one day for school. <laughs> I got up one day for school and it's like when my feet hit the floor, my mind just said, I want to be a mortician. And so I knew nothing about funeral services, nothing about mortuary science or anything. Um, and it's like, I went on and got ready for school and I just held on to it from that day on. And so I started to do research and everything about the profession. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, I stuck with it. I told my teachers, we actually had a project um, that we did later that school year. And I did one about being an embalmer. And I like created fake embalming fluid with alcohol bottles and like markers and food coloring and stuff to give it, you know, the colors of embalming fluid. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my teachers and everybody was kind of like, what? (laughs) Like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. just really, it was neat to go back and visit, you know, years later. Um, and even now, just running into some of my old teachers and stuff at funerals. And they see me actually doing what I said I was going to do at the age of 13. It's like, oh, my God, you really did it. So 
Well, that that that's a that's a that's a great backstory uh, as to how all of this started. Now, obviously, uh, there are a lot of uh, funeral homes and you know mortuaries. You know, not only in the city but throughout the state. Uh, and, oh, yeah. the world. and 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 I would yeah and I would but I and I would imagine that uh, you know there's, there's there's always competition for business, but how does one or how do you all establish yourself as 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 a business uh, you know uh, uh, providing a service you know that that, that mm-hmm. all of us need at one particular point in time or another, how do you establish uh, a trust? Uh, in terms of uh, the relationship, uh, because I mean, this is from beginning to end a relationship that you're forming with yeah. with these family members. Uh, how, how do you do that? How do you go about doing that? Well, um, we are just honest, and it's really funny that you all, you and Miss um, Sugarman, were using the term bridging the gap, uh, or using the gap, bridging the gap between the community, you know, and the the police department or whatever, but we are uh, establishing our, we establish ourselves to bridge the gap between families and funeral homes to reestablish the trust um, between the two parties, you know, because when death does arise, families have to depend on and trust that funeral home that they call to, you know, properly handle them and properly uh, take those services out for them the way they desire it to be done. And so Dana and I both uh, have been working here in the city of Memphis over 16 years now mm-hmm. as embalmers and mm-hmm. so we were established in our profession and well known you know from just our embalming uh, at different funeral homes and so when it came to the community we um caught everybody's attention with the black history that we brought forth you know and not even realizing that that's what it was but we ended up on the front page of the commercial appeal um and some other publications here in the city and then you know we got like a lot of interviews with news stations and radio stations because of the again the black history with us being the first african-american women to establish a funeral home here mm-hmm. uh it, it was a pretty big deal for everyone and so a lot of our clients initially came from um families who said wow you know here's two black young black women yeah. and it was so funny because they didn't really know our funeral home name at first. You know, everybody's so used to the larger names, and the names have been around for decades. Sure, and so afterlife, sure. afterlife mortuary services was new, and so people would call to like the hospitals when their family members would die, who wanted us to take care of those services, and they would say, "The two little black girls, it's two <laughs> little black girls." <laughs> <laughs> so we would get calls from like hospitals in the morgue, and they like, "Hey." The family asked for the two little black girls with the funeral home. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> but it was just really cool to to see that the they, the the story that we have, you know, impacted the community to where they wanted to trust us and give us a chance to provide them with those services. You've been doing this since you since you I think you said earlier since 2018. Uh, what made you decide you and I didn't know the back behind that that you had been embalmers in this in this city for 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 quite a few years beforehand. Uh, at what particular yeah. point uh, did you decide? You know what? We need to uh, take this a bit further and uh, and start mm-hmm. our own business in this. What made you decide to do that? Well, so I was working as a trade bomber uh, for twelve different funeral homes between Tennessee and Arkansas. Mm. So Dana and I both are licensed. We're licensed in Mississippi and Tennessee and Arkansas as well. And so I was working just as a trade bomber, which is a person who goes from funeral home to funeral home and, you know, take care of their decedents. So sure. I was doing all the embalming, the hair and makeup, dressing, 
casket and decedents and everything. And so it was running me crazy. This was me as an individual at the time. Sure. So this was like around 2014, 15. And so um, I decided to get a location, which is the place where we are now, um, to have it's like my home uh, my home base and I wanted a place that was centralized to everyone so that they could just bring the decedents to me or I can make the removals which is picking the decedents up and bring them to my establishment do the embalming I could store them until they need them and then do the hair makeup casket and take them wherever they desired for them to go mm-hmm. and so that didn't pan out and so uh, around the end of 2016 the way I'm sitting here talking to you God told me to go get Dana I mean, like, clear as that. He said, go get Dana. And so um, I reached out to her, and we went over the business plan and everything. And so we were just kind of talking and just decided, hey, since we're doing this much, you know, of involved service for the family, let's just go ahead and open up a complete funeral home and give them the complete service. Because we had seen, we've witnessed over these years that we work for others, how families have been taken advantage of, how they've been mistreated. You know, we see and hear a lot of things when you're working in the back of the house. And so we just wanted to, again, reestablish the trust and bridge that gap between families and funeral homes. So we decided to open up a full service uh, business and provide complete funeral services. For people who don't really know or understand what you mean when you say full business, full full service. Full service. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how would you describe uh, that full service in terms of what so you do? Full, mm-hmm, full mm-hmm. funeral services yes. is mm-hmm. the complete op- the complete service as a whole. Like uh, that's your removal, which is picking the decedent up from their place of death or wherever they're located. Um, you're going to make the funeral arrangement, so you're meeting with the family. You're scheduling the services, whether it be funeral services or cremation or memorial services or, you know, services with cremation to follow. You're in communication with the cemetery for the family as well. And you're also, of course, caring for that decedent. Mm -hmm. And you're going to also perform the funeral service. So it's just seeing the family through their whole process of bereavement and celebration of life Uh from beginning to end. From beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, what you do, I mean, obviously, is, is a valuable service uh, in, in so many ways uh, yeah. to, to people. And, and really, uh, have you had even had time to think about the fact uh, that you are, you and Dana both, uh, are, are, are trailblazers? I mean, you, you know, you, you, there was no one before you, uh, but I'm sure right. you hope that there'll be plenty after you. I, I see Absolutely. Dana just popped in. I don't know if she can hear me. <laughs> Dana, can you hear me okay? I can't. I can't hear you. Wow. Well, you know, I got to end this interview, unfortunately, but I'm glad that because because of time. But uh, but I'm glad that you I'm glad that you were here. And, uh, you know, we're we're both. I mean, we're both. We're all very proud of of the accomplishments of of both of you. Um, uh, Madeline was walking us through kind of the beginning and how long you've known each other and the services that you provide today. And I said. Uh, beforehand that you're both trailblazers in this and uh, there was no one before you but I'm sure that you're hoping that there'll be folks after you Dana I'll let you I'll let you address that one and I, how important it is is it to uh, set the set the example and, and set the bar for other uh, uh, women of color uh, to want to be a part of what you guys are doing um, it's very important. Um, a lot of people refer to our industry as a male-dominated industry, yeah. and so we are definitely um, glad to be uh, trailba- trailblazers in that aspect also, uh, bringing more women and uh, bringing more interest to the field and 
uh, basically giving women the confidence that they need to go ahead and pursue uh, the dreams and uh, career aspirations that they have. Because we do meet a lot of women that say that they were talked out of going into the funeral industry. So mm, it's mm. very important for us to uh, continue on the path that we're on just yeah. to be that example for other African-American women. Well, you know, listen, I, I, I'm, I am, uh, you know, really proud of, 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 of what you all have done and have accomplished. Uh, uh, I've known Madeline, as I, I told her earlier, and I think you know as well. I've known her since she was, you know, like like in school, like in, like, in, like in middle school. Running the streets. Yeah, running the streets, baby, <laughs> of South Memphis, no doubt. But uh, but uh, listen, uh, you all you all are really uh, a fine examples uh, of, of of what a person can do. Uh, with hard work and dedication and diligence, uh, and I, I wish and you God. And, and God, absolutely <laughs> that, and nothing. I, I wish you both nothing but uh, uh, the, the greatest success. And I'm sure uh, that before uh, your story is is is, is final, uh, you will have uh, encouraged and uh, uh, and have a lot of folks looking at you as uh, some fine examples of of of, of uh, two women to follow uh, in in a very difficult business. And and I congratulate you both. Uh, and I thank you both for taking the time. Dana, I'm glad you made it. Doggone it. I'm glad you, 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 finally, you finally snuck in on the backside. But listen. Uh, Dana, got the, Dana got the phone line, so she was probably on a dip call. Uh, like, <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll claim that. But listen, uh, but thank you, Madeline Lyles and Dana Taylor. Thank you all for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. And uh, congratulations and all the best uh, down the road. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. You too. You, you, you guys take care. Uh, that was great, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, I love that conversation. Uh, Dana and uh, Madeline uh, doing it out there. The only African American women uh, with full service, uh, you know, this this the mortuary services and and all of this afterlife mortuary services. Uh, not only here in the uh, city of Memphis, but in, in the state of Tennessee, and it, that's been going on now since 2018. So congratulations to them. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk to a young man uh, who I'm very fond of. He is an entrepreneur, but more importantly, he has a heart to help other people, and he's going to do that uh, with a big event he is going to be hosting in a couple of days. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Quick break. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 FM, a nonprofit, free form community radio station. Become a WYXR sustaining member today, and your monthly support will help keep the music alive in Memphis. Plus, you'll be lined up to receive perks such as early access to events, members only newsletters, and for this month only, a special tea designed by Carrie Mahoney, host of Ring the Alarm. Become a sustaining member today at WYXR.org/slash donate.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on uh, this Monday evening in the city. Yeah, some snowflakes out there. If you are interested in uh, looking out your door or looking out wherever you are, uh, you might be able to see uh, one or two of them out there. Uh, but uh, glad you're with us uh, this evening and glad that, that my next guest, uh, who I can see in here, is with us uh, this evening. Uh, he's a young man. I, I met him some years ago. And, uh, you know, there, there's some folks that you can uh, look at and you can talk to and you can get a feel for. Uh, and uh, this, this he was a go-getter from the first time I met him. I said, you know what? He's going to be a very successful young man. Uh, and he's doing some big things in our city. And I'm really happy to have him on the show tonight because he's going to, host a big uh, entrepreneurial uh, financial event in, in a couple of days. He's going to talk to us about uh, Trey Moore. And Trey, it's great to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How are you? Thank you for having me. Man, it's good to see you again. And uh, and uh, I'm blessed as well. And uh, I know you are. And uh, really happy for you uh, and, and the success that you've amassed at such a, uh, at such a young age. You're, what are you all of 26 now? I mean, you, you, I know you're you're still in your 20s, right? Not even 26 yet. Yes, sir. Not even 26 yet. Well, that's a doggone shame. Because <laughs> I'm about 107 and I'm still trying to find my way. But uh, but uh, in all in all seriousness, uh, uh, Trey, you you uh, have uh, really taken on uh, a, a, a cause, I would say, uh, because I know how much you care about this city, and I know how much you care about our people, uh, and uh, I really uh, you're you're hosting a a, a big uh, financial empowerment event uh, day after tomorrow, I believe it is. But before we talk about that. Uh, why did you decide that this was something uh, that was important enough for you to do? Because you have a you have a, a great lineup of, of guests and speakers and everything else. But why uh, to you? Uh, and when did it come to you that this was something that you needed to do? Um. So about actually a couple of years ago, I was I was a part of a mentorship group called Recession Proof, where the the emphasis and the basis of everything was financial literacy and. I, I looked at the statistics, and even now, if I'm not mistaken, the, the poverty rate in Memphis is about 23%. And, and that's a problem to me. And it's not that we don't have money here or that, that there aren't resources. I think it's more so that a lot of our people don't know where to find them. Mm -hmm. So me, um, I feel like I have a pretty strong network and you know an extensive you know, a group of resources that I could bring together. I felt that this was a solution to a problem and not even just a solution like it'll it'll happen overnight, but it could be the start of something major and the start of something grand in Memphis. So I wanted to, you know, bring my resources together and just get back to the city and empower and educate individuals on financial literacy, um, estate planning, life insurance, credit, business, entrepreneurship, um, Have you all of the above. Have you found, though, I mean, in, in, in terms of your research and, and looking into this, uh, and you did mention uh, something that a lot of us mentioned, uh, the poverty rate uh, is, 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 a, is a pretty big deal here uh, in our city. Uh, and and it, it, it affects a, a, a lot of people in a, in a lot of different ways and some even in inverse ways. Uh, but, uh, you know, to be able to, do you, did you, do you find that, though, there really is a need for people uh, who uh, to understand more about finances and, and, and being more financially uh, literate uh, 
uh, in terms of uh, how you plan your life, not only as a single individual, uh, but for families as well. Talk a little bit about that. I think that it's very important. You know, when you, when you look back at, and you think about people who have families and a lot of time, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So even if you take a certain percentage of your paycheck and invest it into a stock or, or a bond or a mutual fund or something like that, that will grow over time or even a life insurance policy. I have a couple of them myself and I mean, I have the cash value IUL policy. So the money that I'm investing every month is growing over time. And at a certain age, I'll be able to cash out on it and invest in something else. So I think that those are, the areas and focuses that, you know, our people in our community need to focus on, even estate planning, you know, we all have to die someday. And it's something that I don't like talking about, but that's the reality. And sure. I think that there has to be something in place, um, a will or a trust or something that we can pass down assets to. And, and, you know, when you think about credit, a lot of people are educated on credit and how to go about obtaining funding, you know, whether, whether, a fundable credit report looks like. So I, mean, I just wanted to bring my resources together and, like I say, once again, educate, you know, the city um, on how they can go about, you know, obtaining a, a better financial future for themselves. Before we talk about the event itself and some of the people that you're going to have featured there, uh, you mentioned something that uh, is, that was a trigger for me uh, in, in terms of, uh, of you and your age. And you talked about, uh, you know, the planning uh, of, 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 of young people. Uh, a lot of folks in their 20s don't think about life insurance or, you know, starting to, to, to put stuff, you know, money away a little bit here, you know, to try to plan for a nest egg for the future. How important is it? And, and, and is it a point that you try to emphasize for young folks in their 20s to start looking at things like this uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the future uh, life that they want to live? Absolutely, because like I say, I'm not even 26 yet. So for me to be able to put those things into play and to apply, even life insurance policies or, or mutual funds to my life, they're setting generations up for success down the line. So it's not even about me. you know. So I try to emphasize to younger adults that, look, you're not just playing this game for today or tomorrow. You have a family soon. You have uh, children and you have grandchildren. So, I mean, as a responsible adult, it should be your duty to to set your, your generations up for success in the future. So that's one of the things that, like I said, I take pride in. I try to educate and put an emphasis on as much as I can to, to my peers and, you know, even individuals older than myself because that, that's very important. You you don't want to – you want to leave your, your, your generations better than they were when you got here. You know, my yeah. parents, they tell me all the time, they, they, they worked hard to do everything they could to give myself and my sisters a better life. So I just want to pass that down to – my children and grandchildren when I have some and, you know, put that same emphasis and education on the community. This is a young man talking, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope somebody's paying attention out there. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, on to the event. Now, the event, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's on Wednesday. Uh, give us all the information. What what is what, what uh, it's entitled uh, and some of the individuals that you're going to have uh, involved in this, uh, in this conference you're hosting. Okay, so we're having a 901 Financial Freedom Conference. It'll actually be Saturday. Um, oh, I'm Saturday. sorry. I don't know why I'm thinking. Okay, but it's, it's coming up. It's this weekend. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday, February 17th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Renaissance Convention Center. Or like I said, we'll be focusing on educating individuals on, on the importance of financial literacy. Um, the topics, like I said, life insurance, estate planning, retirement planning, credit, um, business entrepreneurship saving, investing, and much more. And we'll have Charles Sims Jr., the yeah. CEO of Sims 
group, Elgin McFerrin. He's a credit consultant um, out of Houston, Texas. We will have Chesby Monroe. She's the owner of Pink Noir Beauty, uh, Beauty Supply Cup Store on Avalon. We'll also have a panel of, you know, some esteemed and renowned professionals by the name of J.W. Gibson, yeah. Michael Hooks, yeah. um, Alexis Dobbins, Jeremy Hemphill. Um, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to make sure I didn't leave anybody out. We have an extensive list, so you got I'm trying to make sure. Rossi, Dobbins, Turner, um, and who else is on the panel? I feel like I'm missing someone. That's all I feel right. Like I'm missing someone. That, that's all right. You, that may be it. <laughs> you, you may you you you've listed some uh, some heavyweights and you, and uh, some of the names that you mentioned are are folks uh, who a lot of people know in this city. Uh, so you know this is not this is not some fly by night conference. Is it? There's a is there a fee associated with this, uh, Trey? Or I mean, how, how do we go about getting more information uh, about uh, somebody who wants to attend? So there there is a fee. Um, there is a fee at. The Eventbrite link, I think it's eventbrite.com slash 901 Financial Freedom Conference, but the general admission is $57. But what I'm doing for anyone who, who goes to the Eventbrite right now um, and get a general admission ticket and type in CMD901, that will waive your general admissions fee. So that's basically a free ticket for anyone who's who's listening right now. If you'd like to attend a conference, you know, you'll can find the Eventbrite at, or even go to Eventbrite and type in 901 Financial Freedom Conference and when you press purchase ticket at checkout you will just type in CMD C as in cat M as in my D as in dog mm-hmm. 901 and they will waive the so I mean that's my way of giving back as well for anyone who's on here right now and this special will go on until midnight so I mean if anyone catches the replay or, or you know needs to find someone to go with you just type that code in and check out it, and that'll waive your fee. And I, I tell people all the time, too, you know, going back to what I said about may have to find someone to go with you. Everyone that, that, that you, you know, pitch this idea to, they may not want to go. But it's not their future in your hands. It's your future. So, you know, I advise everyone to take advantage of it. This is going to be a, you know, action-packed um, information field conference. You know, we'll also have some amazing entrepreneurs there setting up vendors booths. Um, we have about 15 of them from cosmetic companies, beauty companies, clothing brands, mm-hmm. financial service firms, and, and many more, you know, just coming out to market, um, scale, and grow their businesses. So, I mean, I love to see the entire city there. Like I said, you can go to the Eventbrite right now and type in CMD901 at checkout, and that'll pretty much give you a, a, a free at, uh, ticket to the conference. But this special is only to midnight, so if you don't get it now, you know that the fee will be what it is. Listen, uh, Trey, I'm, I am, I am uh, so glad you came on the show. I'm so proud of you, man. You are just, uh, right. I mean, this is a young, this is a guy, 25 years old, and uh, you know he's 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 already planning ahead. He's looking ahead, and more importantly, he wants you to plan ahead and look ahead as well. Trey, uh, great to see you, my friend. Uh, best of luck Likewise. on Saturday, and I know uh, the future is very very bright for you, uh, young man. So uh, uh, keep God first and uh, tell your family I said hello and I'll talk to you down the road. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming. Uh, Listen, Trey Moore, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, that's a great way to end the show. As uh, Brim plays us out, uh, listen, I I appreciate you being here. We had a couple of little little technical things at the beginning of the show, but uh, you know, God is in control and uh, he made everything uh, happen the way it was supposed to happen tonight. We appreciate you being here. And we hope that you got something out of this. And if you did, and if you like what we're doing, 
Go out and tell somebody. We really appreciate you, uh, as always. Uh, so for Lola, uh, who hosts a great show before me, uh, you should listen to her at 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, each and every uh, Monday evening. Uh, for Nicole and for Brian, I'm Chip. And for all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, we're out. Have a great week. Be safe. We'll talk soon.